All right, welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. Uh, today, I got a wonderful interview for you because it's Tuesday, so you'll be watching this on a Tuesday. So I got somebody who went from hardcore atheist to radically change for the kingdom. So stay tuned for this episode of Restoring Your Voice. You want to be a radical to Jesus? You want to use your voice for the glory of God? Well, then this is the show for you. I'm going to help you do just that. So welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Real quick, hey, if this show is a blessing for you, would you please consider helping us out and donating? There's three ways you can give down in the description, uh, Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App. Any amount would be appreciated. If you can, God bless you. If you cannot, God bless you. But hey, I try to endeavor to have this free for you. And I need your help to make sure that it can stay that way. So with that, I'm going to bring my guest on. Uh, see how it's going to work. Welcome to the show, Nikki. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So glad I could have you on since I, uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of know your backstory a little bit from uh, the chat and on, on the Ask Dr. Brown chat. And of course, uh, uh, the thing that you were uh, able to share the one day when you called in and I was like, I got to get you on. And I got to interview you. I got to get your story out there. Um, because I, I think this is a very uh, important thing for people to 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 get a hold of a lot of people don't believe in the radical part of Jesus to change people and stuff. And then, and I, and I pray that there'll be uh, an unbeliever or two listening and that's just will help them bring them to Christ. So uh, I guess, yeah, why don't you, why don't you start, uh, start wherever you want in this, in this story, how, how you went from how, how you were a hardcore atheist staunchly against this whole Christian stuff uh and then you know jesus changed you yeah so i grew up in the south i grew up in houston and um i was raised by um jewish parents but they were atheists and so that's all i knew um and the only the only thing i knew about jesus was that he was a rabbi maybe he existed but maybe i don't know he didn't and I saw these Christians, um, they, um, they were kind of anti-Semitic. <laughs> so, I mean, I had other reasons not to, to like it. And then my view of religion when I went to synagogue was not, not a good one. Um, lots of abuse. And I didn't feel the presence of what they talked about, this, this God thing. So I just... I just assumed my parents were right. Like most kids want to assume that their parents are right. And so I, um, science became my God and, um, yeah, I never looked any further. Um, I tried to dabble in Judaism, but I didn't, there was no fulfillment there. And I looked at other religions and there were no fulfillment. So I just assumed that all religions were false. So, 
atheism had the answer, science had the answer, and um, even though it wasn't fulfilling, it didn't answer those great questions of man, you know, you know, what is the purpose of all this? Um, I still went on with it because that was the best evidence I had. Mm. Um, and then um, I, I got to the point where I thought Jesus was probably fictional. There was a, a, a thing that came out, Zeitgeist, that posited that Jesus was fictional. Mm. And so it was being passed around in Portland, which is where I live. And I thought, okay, that's, pro that's probably true. They, they had all these streams of um, what looked like facts coming across the screen. And I thought, well, that must be true because they're posting it. And so they've done their research. And I was duped. Most people don't do their research. Neither did I. Um, so in the end, I thought Jesus was fictional. And then um, I got um, pancreatic cancer mm. and I got MS and I was paralyzed. And I had this one Christian friend who showed up at the hospital and she kept on bringing this Bible and she kept on saying, I'm going to have your, you know, my pastor pray for you. And by the way, he's Jewish. I'm like, okay, this woman is nuts. Like, <laughs> There is no Jewish pastor. Like Jews don't believe in Jesus. Those are all crazy people. But um, she and her church prayed for me. And um, then overnight, everything was gone and there was no explanation. Mm. So I'm like, okay, you know what? The medical records say one thing. And so mm. what I would have done as an atheist um, who had heard this would, would be to discount it. Right. to um, say that this person is either lying or crazy or has an agenda, but it can't be true because, you know, there is no God. So, but it was me this time. And mm. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to humble myself and maybe I need to do some research. Now I know who showed up in my room that night. I know it was the Lord. But, you know, when you have the first encounter with the Lord and you see these things, you think maybe, okay, maybe I'm hallucinating. Mm. So we want to put that aside and use our reason. And so that's what I did. I knew what I had experienced. I knew it was true. And I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was Jesus. But I still had to do my research. And so mm. that's where I started. I, I researched into the book of nature, into science at the same time studying scripture and the lord was so good that he um he met me you know and he showed me and so what i know now is that um it's only through the holy spirit that we can know those things i mean there's no other way so um i was relieved of my atheism <laughs> that's what i can say <laughs> praise the lord yeah it was wow. good so Let's see. We're to unpack. That's the last to unpack there. Yeah. Um, last to unpack. Okay. So, what did you say? So let's, let's, uh, you were saying you had, uh, you knew quote unquote Christians, um, but you said that they were anti Semitic, right? Which, um, which means they hated Jews and all yeah. everything, anything Jewish related. Um, so, what would you say that played a big part? in turning you off toward this whole Christian thing 
Um, and I want to highlight that because I don't think a lot of people uh, realize that, um, that this kind of stuff will, will drive Jewish people away. Um, and we know that the Bible says, you know, Jesus speaking to his thoroughly Jewish audience says, um, you know, you will not see me again um, until you, you cry, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when Christians don't show Hashem right, and when, when when Christians or quote unquote Christians show hatred toward Jewish people, they, I don't think they realize that it's doing the exact opposite of what the Bible says. Yeah, it had a lot to do with it. I was thrown down the bus when I was seven for killing Jesus, mm. um, and I didn't. I mean, like, why would I? Why would I even worship a God who hated who mm. who hated me? But he was Jewish. I mean, it didn't like. Even to a seven-year-old, it didn't make sense. Hmm. So, yeah, that did have a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've read a lot on this stuff. I've got back here in my bookcase, Our Hands Are Stained with Blood by Dr. Brown, hmm. uh, revised and expanded edition, his latest book on Christian anti-Semitism in the church. So I think, you know, you, you know a lot about this stuff, um, or from what I've seen, enough anyways. <laughs> About uh, the Jewishness, right? The Jewishness of Jesus, mm-hmm. and you, because you, you said that your your this, this friend came in while you were in the hospital, and he said, "Hey, my my Jewish pastor," and they're like, "Wait a minute, there's no such thing, right? 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 So, Jewishness of Christianity, yeah. right? Which is supposed to be connected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Jesus is not the messiah of the jews he's the messiah of no one it would i mean it wouldn't make sense paul could have not recognized jesus if he hadn't known the old testament like it has to be a jew it has to come through the jew because that's who god chose but it's not jewish exceptionalism at all i mean i think that's where a lot of us get confused is that we think oh, okay Jesus was a Jew, and so Jews are better somehow. No, they're just different in order. You know, it's just like the first sibling is born, then the second sibling is born. You know, the man is the head of the household. It's just a different order. Um, doesn't mean superiority. Right. And so, but Jesus had to be a Jew. There, there's no other way. And so the only way for me to understand him was through that. And um mm. I'm so grateful that my first pastor was Jewish or is Jewish. He's still Jewish. <laughs> um, yeah. And so our, our first rabbi, our first Messiah is Jewish. And um, for me as a Jew, that's really important. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you're Jewish and you don't, if you don't know the Messiah, you'll see in Christians, a lot of um, anti-Semitism. Mm. I think that comes from Luther. I really do. He had a hard time. He was disgusted with us. Understandably, we're very obstinate and stubborn people. We're stiff-necked. So I get it. But um, we can't dismiss that. And so for me, that was a really important piece. Maybe not for every Jewish atheist. Maybe not for any other atheist. But for me, it was really important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Luther. Yeah. He he tried so hard to bring Jewish to, to bring them to salvation and 
toward the end of his life, he just, I don't know, he had, he had a lot going on at the end of his life and we're not excusing it in any way, shape or form. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of writings out there that, you know, people hold, hold in high regard, you know, Christostom, um, for instance, John Christostom, you know, he was very uh, anti-Semitic, had a lot of uh, hateful Jewish writings, such like that. But yeah. Um, real quick. So what would you say? How would you say, you know, and obviously, obviously being miraculously healed is, is, is just absolutely life changing. You know, I've, I've been a recipient, uh, praise God and glory to be him alone. I've been the recipient of his miraculous healing. So obviously that played a big role, but you said you had to, you had to investigate, right? Yes. So, so what, what did that look like for you? Uh, I had a, um, you know, I, I always believed in the scientific method, but um, when I began, when I began to research it, um, I realized that I hadn't been very, I hadn't used the method because I hadn't set aside my um, bias. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't set aside my atheistic bias. And even when I did the research, it was so hard. Like human nature just wants us to believe what we believe. And I'm very respectful of that. That's why I'm very careful when I um, evangelize to Muslims or atheists, taking away someone's belief system is really, you know, you don't, you don't want to do that with an undergirding. And so I realized as I went through this process that my belief system, my atheistic belief system was, you know, really, really strong. And it's hard to switch in in mainstream. It causes so much cognitive dissonance and mm. so much emotional pain. So I investigated as an atheist. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put aside it, even though I believe what I believe. And I'm going to start looking at the science and I'm mm. going to start looking at history and archaeology and philosophy and logic. And then I'm going to study scripture and see if it makes any sense. It didn't initially. Mm. I mean, the first time I read scripture without the Holy Spirit, it's like, you know, as God says, it'll just appear completely ridiculous. But once the Holy Spirit is in you, it's like, oh, suddenly, suddenly talking, a talking donkey makes sense. Right. Um, it made sense. It, and he taught me and he began to show me. He connected the dots. And this is something that as an atheist, you cannot understand. You know, you, you can talk facts and logic with atheists. They don't have the Holy Spirit um, unless they're humble enough and they can receive it, um, then they won't see it. And so luckily, I mean, thank God, not luck, mm. God gave me the Holy Spirit to see it. So I started doing rigorous research into all areas of hard science and philosophy and logic and theology. And it was really, um, man, it took up. It took up three years, like full time. And um, God showed me the truth. I mean, that's all I can say. Right. I don't know any other way to s- describe it. Right. You know, you're not the only one to have, who have gone through that process. You know, you had uh, Lee Strobel, you know, for instance, with the intent to to uh, prove Christianity wrong. And he ended up discovering the truth. We have uh, Jay Warner Wallace out there, right, who did the yeah. same thing. He, he, you know, the, the cold case guy. And he investigated it and he was like, well, man, I, I guess this is true after all. So 
uh yeah i love i love that but what i guess what would you say for you right i'm gonna say for you because it's not the same for everybody but what would you say your defining moment was you know when when you became saved i guess after after this three-year journey right what was it like for you i guess you know coming to christ finally um i think i finally surrendered i mean i just he was showing me with so much grace and so much patience I finally said, okay, you know what? If you're if you're truly God, then I will worship you. And he showed and he showed me that. Mm. So I mean, I when he showed up in my bedroom the day he healed me, I knew it was him, right? But of course I stubborn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we want to question everything. But eventually I it was like he went with me on this three-year journey and um, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know what? Yes. So at some point I was just like, it's either true or, or it's not true. And his grace is sufficient. I mean, his grace is enough and I was rejecting it. So I had to receive it. And I don't know what that day was. I know the day he showed up right. for me, but I don't, I don't remember the day I was like, okay, you know what? Your grace is sufficient. Yes, I believe you. Man, it's too, it, you know the song says it's too good to um, to not believe it's true or something like that. It's it's too good, and yeah, that's the case. It, he was too good, and how do you not want to believe that? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think we in our Western American way of doing things, I think we we try to boil. Or we try to make make a salvation a salvific experience, you know, a formula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, sit in church, repeat these words after who's ever preaching, you know, and and you and and that's and you know and that's what we say. Uh, uh, you can only be saved in this environment, right? right. And, but as you know, because you've probably watched tons of them, like I have, you know, to either one for Israel or chosen people ministries. Uh, I, I found Yeshua uh, videos. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've heard numerous testimonies, you know, I interviewed Paul Wilbur himself uh, and, you know, they, they all had different, you know, some were sitting in their own room, some were, some were driving. Uh, I think, I think Jonathan Kahn got in a car accident um, and, and stuff. And anyway, I'm just trying to, you know, this is, we, we can come to Jesus anywhere, anytime and he'll, and he'll take us back. We don't have to say a specific formula. We don't have to say a specific uh, sinner's prayer, you know, for me, it was me sitting in, in a red chair in a tiny apartment. Um, finally, just I said, Jesus, I'm done with the world. I'm turning it off. I'm tuning into you. So I just I just want to I, I don't think people people think, you know, like I said, oh, well, if I if I if I didn't do it here, then I'm not saved or, or I'm like, just accept Jesus wherever you're yes. at and he'll take you and he'll change you. Um, so, so I guess also, what would, what would you say that your life, how your life changed after that moment? Not, not necessarily, obviously health, wealth and prosperity, but just the way you live. No, there was, there was no, well, I mean, I was healthy, but, um, no wealth and prosperity for sure. Um, my husband divorced me and Mm -hmm. took my child. Um, my family stopped talking to me, but, um, the truth is, the truth and I have to follow it. And sure. It was very difficult. 
Um, I still wasn't able to work, but God gave me the opportunity to serve my pastor for three years. Um, and that was, you know, a learning experience. He taught me Torah, he taught me, you know, the old Testament in a way that I needed to learn. So, um, God gave me the, the ability to see the silver lining in the clouds always. And that's just grace. I mean, the, I wouldn't have done that. I had no fear of um, not being financially supported. I had no money. Mm. I had no savings. My husband left me. Um, you know, my family wasn't around. But all I had was the Lord. And so he moved me forward. And what was that like? It was amazing. It was um, just really confusing. It was weird. Mm. It's like you know, there's this thing that I didn't believe in and now he's real. And now I have to shift my focus. Um, and overnight my values had changed. I used to be one of these lefty pink hat wearing, you know, right. persons marching against Trump. And then literally overnight I knew truth. And um, that glory of truth was just so overwhelming. And the grace of God was so overwhelming. So, I was well cared for, even though the things in the natural world were not, and they're still not going well, but right. you know, it's, it's, all, it's all worth it. Right. Um, he's worth it and he's worthy. So um, it, it radically changed me and I'm um, I can see it. People are beginning to see the change in my character and I'm so grateful. Um, the pride is slowly diminishing the intellectual pride is, you know, getting a little bit, smaller but um you know i'm so grateful that he gave me that humility and that's the biggest change is that from to humility i would say and just approaching life in a different manner mm. yeah. right i love that i love all of it. i mean you know, we got about eight minutes left since i'm doing uh, the free version of zoom so <laughs> uh i guess Again, you know, one, I just I love the story. I love uh, the humility. I love, hey, it changed, um, and, and it's it's all great to hear. And I wish I wish we could do a little bit more more questions. But I guess one more, I guess one more quick question for you is is you, you mentioned evangelizing, right? Because you've been on one side, now you're on the other side, right? You talked about evangelizing atheist Muslims, and I've evangelized Muslims, especially uh, a few times, but. I guess what what one thought would you give people when when evangelizing? Well, um, grace. I mean, there is truth. You do have to, like Paul put on many different hats hmm. to talk to different people, and sometimes evangelists go out with just a hammer, and you know you do have to draw people. And there's persuasion. You can't you can't have the truth and just like beat them over. It's like having a flashlight right. blind and like beating them over the head. They're gonna see. You have to, you know. There is some there there is some nuance and there is some salesmanship. I'm sorry, that's just true. That's what Paul did. Right. And he met the Greeks where they were at, and he spoke to them about the nature and and draw them, drew, drew them in. so I would say um, 
you have to understand where the individuals are coming from. Hmm. And uh, I think that's the, the role of women. So the men can evangelize, they can be out there, and the women can like have the deeper conversations. I think right. that's our role because we, we have more, I'm sorry, David, we have relational skills. Um, <laughs> you guys have the great beards. We right. have the relational skills. And so I think it's meeting people and developing those relationships. We're not going to, no one can convince anyone to believe anything that they're not going to believe. Like, that's just not going to happen unless they have a humble heart. And then sometimes it's through relationships. And I've seen that over and over and over again. Yeah. So my wish would be, my prayer would be that um, we have a little bit more nuance and a little bit more being filled with the Holy Spirit when we go out to lead us and meet people where they're at and let the scriptures speak to them and right. come up with the scriptures that they need not just what we want to preach. Mm. Not, and, that, and that's that's a difficult walk. You got to be prayed up. You right. got to be prayed up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree more. I mean, believe it or not, I'm a relational person. So, uh, if, I, if I, if I, <laughs> uh, that, that, that's what, that's how I, uh, reach people is just talk, chatting with them, you know, and I agree. I think, I think often people uh, forget that they were once unsaved. One time everybody was unsaved, right? At one time, everybody was was a was an unbeliever. I don't care if they went to church their whole life. I don't care if they were raised in whatever kind of family. But we were all unbelievers at one point in time, and we were we were all where somebody else is at currently. So yeah, um, and I know I know what what first introduced me to Jesus was somebody being gentle and willing to have a conversation with me when I was um, when I was fourteen years old. I still remember the guy's name, Jeff Boschka. You know. For, oh. When I was 14 years old and I'm 45 now. So yeah, um, it didn't, the belief, the belief system didn't take in me. It took many more decades for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We, yeah. We, we have to f- form relationships. We can't just, you know, come at, be, come at, wield our sword of the spirit, if you will, at people and expect them to respond in it. Cause they'll respond in kind. Uh, but uh, yeah. To learn how to use that sword. I mean, one of the first prayers I had um, was, Lord, teach me how to wield that sword, mm. where to hold it, when to use it, when to sheath it. Right. You know, don't let me just like slice people with it. Truth is truth and it'll slice. Amen. But Amen. Uh, yeah, that's not, he needs to teach us how to use it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. I think it's just going to uh, bless people, which is why I have, why I do interview people anyways, because I know it's going to be a blessing. So I appreciate you, uh, like I said, uh, willing to uh, uh, come on. And I, I thank you so much for being uh, willing to be open to us and share. Um, so be blessed. Yeah, you too, Dave. Talking and, to you. And uh, yeah, so I will see everybody else later on.